0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Sci-Fi Unchained. So I wanted to talk today a little bit about retconning in science fiction. Uh, If you don't quite know what retconning is, uh, it is defined as retroactively um, uh, changing previously established facts in a work of serial fiction. it's, it's a shortened term for retroactive continuity. And we see it almost endlessly in science fiction. Um, in regular works, too, really. I mean, look at Marvel. Marvel's had a retcon a few things. One of the biggest ones, I think, is uh, whenever they get changing Spider Man's and the Hulk. Uh, when they moved over from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo. I liked Edward Norton. I've, I think he did. I think he did kind of good. Um, he, he was definitely entertaining to me, but I, I, I never really saw him as a Bruce Banner. I think Mark Ruffalo fit that much, much more, uh, especially in lines of the comics. Um, and he... That is to say, I think he definitely has a bigger advantage over Norton in terms of having, you know, the Marvel studio firmly behind him. Whereas when they were making the Norton film, uh, it was kind of on shaky ground. It wasn't received very well. It didn't get a lot of popular, uh, popular reviews, a lot of fan turnout for it. It was just kind of a dud. Um I don't think it did as I actually. Now that I think about it, I don't even think it did as well as Captain Marvel did. Captain Marvel didn't perform nearly as well as expected for a variety of reasons. I think the scrolls were the best part of that movie. Anyway, <clears throat> retconning and science fiction. Um, I I slice retconning in science fiction up into three categories: either dangerous. Messy or progressive. Um, so the dangerous kind of retconning we can see is in, say, Star Wars, where apparently, uh, is it, especially due to the Rise of Skywalker book coming out, Han Solo is officially confirmed as a Force ghost. Excuse me. <laughs> he wasn't even a force user. Um. Oh, and now they're implying that Finn is a force user. If you wa- watch the movie, he he has a bunch of reactions that would firmly cement the idea that he is force sensitive. And you can try and explain and argue that away, but. It, it is a bit of a retcon in terms of what these newer directors are trying to do with the series and, and the source material because I mean, Luke Skywalker was one of the most powerful Jedi ever. It, that's straight from Lucas. He's like Jesus of Jedi, Jedi Jesus. Um, but he didn't have a lick of, of ability When he was living on Tatooine. I mean he was a skilled pilot, that was it. Same thing with Anakin. Uh, He was a he was a good pod racer. That was it. Now they had aptitude, sure. They had the the traits of a say a Padawan pre training, sure. But the way – and I do kind of classify this as a retcon because especially with the Ryan Johnson film kind of preaching that anybody could be a Jedi. Well, no. That wasn't the case at all. Otherwise, you'd have everybody using Force abilities against each other. The Clone Wars would have been over in an instant because they'd been able to just mass produce Force users and wipe everybody out. That's not how this works. Um, so that that's a bit dangerous, um, in in terms of what they're trying to do. That, th- but there've, there've been there have been retcons in Star Wars for forever. Like when they changed Imperial City to be Coruscant. Um, if if you pay attention in the Phantom Menace, Bail Organa's name is Bail Antilles. So they're trying to they're trying to connect that to Captain Antilles of so the Tantive 4 uh, in Star Wars: New Hope, um, but he ends up being Bail Organa, the adoptive father of Leia. Um, there's thousands. I mean, go on the Star Wars Wikipedia page. There's there's dozens and dozens of very it's mind blowing. However. I I hesitate to call it dangerous. I I think something more dangerous would be, say, Doctor Who. This latest season especially. Um, They, spoiler alert here, um, going off of the latest couple of episodes, apparently the Doctor is no longer a Time Ward. She is some kind of immortal something or other. They don't really even tell what she is. They just call her the timeless child and kind of imply that she's from another universe, another dimension, something, but they did something to her memories. They, they like wiped her memories and and they do how, how they explain this is actually really, really artistic and really well done. I very much enjoyed it. They have this side story a little bit, with this boy who grows up in like 18th or 19th century England and this little podunk town and he wants to be a police officer. Uh, and then he, he grows up and becomes old, but the police commissioner or the chief or whoever he is and his adoptive father are still the same age. And they put him in this chair and they like wipe his memory or something. And it, it seems completely out of left field, and has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the continuity of the story of the series until you get to the this last episode, where the master is explaining to him, or to to her, uh, in this iteration rather, that um that is supposed to have been her. It, it, she was supposed to have her mind manipulated or messed with somehow. So, everything we've known about the doctor up until now—it's kind of out the window. <laughs> um, not in terms of character, but origin and 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 backstory, and in, in the the basics of who she is physically as, as a, as a being, she's not a time Lord anymore. I'm not quite sure what she is. Um, she used to be. And I, I think this is where it does get dangerous because you, you're talking about a show that's been going on for generations. We've, we've had generations of fans identify with this character, be inspired and love this character. Um, Love the spin offs, the Torchwood Sarah Jane adventures. Um, and when you start to, to muck with this stuff, it, it gets dangerous because you're messing with what has inspired and influenced people. You're, you're starting to, it's almost like saying what you loved and what you thought was good it's not good enough and we're changing it completely. And that's, I think that's why people's knee jerk reaction to retconning is distasteful is, is they don't like it. They're, they're not willing to give it a chance, which in, in some iterations, the retconning could be perfectly fine. Look at Spider-Man. Um, they retconned the hell out of Spider Man until they ended up with Tom Holland. Tom Holland, I think, is a universally loved Spider Man. Whereas you had Toby M- Toby McCryer, <laughs> who he was he was okay, but it was the rest of the movies themselves that were fun. I don't really like Toby McGuire that much to like at all as Spider Man, to be honest but it was the rest of the movie that was fun. Like my, my friends and I would quote Green Goblin, uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin at each other. And it was cool to see Alfred Molina as Doc Ock and everything. Um, so we, we still have that content there to go back and enjoy. Of course, it's just not progressed. Um, a messy kind of continuity uh, would be, say, the Avatar: The Last Airbender transitioning into that into the Legend of Korra series. <sighs> I really didn't like this one, and it was very, very messy, and it raises a whole bunch of confusion and questions because in in the Last Airbender series, we're we're given these mythological histories of where people first learned bending, like the earthbenders learned from the badger moles, the sun warriors, and later the firebenders learned from the dragons, Uh, the water tribe people learned from the moon and the spirits. Um, The air nomads had the, uh, the sky bison. Like they all had these ties to... Uh, nature through these mythical creatures and and these spiritual connections, and then Avatar Korra comes around, Legend of Korra comes around, and says, "Nope, that was Lion Turtles." <sighs> yeah, go and watch the Avatar One arc. Uh, at the at the end of it, it was just people lining up to be spirit bended by Lion Turtles. And then they could do stuff. I I tried for a while to make the two fit, to to make the two continuities fit, but they just don't. Um like what what happened to the sun did the sun warrior okay? So the sun warriors in the last airbender continuity were around for, I believe in the episode, the chief said a couple of thousand years. Okay. So who taught them firebending, the lion turtle or the dragons? Uh, who? Eh. It's very hard to swallow this pill. Um, let's see what what else they oh um so something i thought that they were going to do was make the dark avatar thing whenever they went into how the avatar came about that that's kind of also a retcon is how the avatar came about because in the last airbender series it was a bit of a a mysterious element of of Aang's person, of Aang's being. They they went into how the Avatar state worked, what would happen if he died in the Avatar state, um, how he could call upon his past lives. They went into a lot of deep spiritual stuff con- concerning the Avatar and the Avatar state. I'm I don't I don't think they addressed how the Avatar first came about. I think Roku might have said something about it. So I, I don't quite know if I would classify this as a retcon or not whenever um, Rava joins with Juan and seals herself inside him. Um, I think it's a play to try and make the rest of the additions mesh and stick, right? Um, so that, that that's why I say I hesitate because it is messy. It's very messy. Um, the progr- as progressive a retcon as I think we've gotten, I hate to say it, but it is Star Wars. Um, because we are getting we are getting a lot more uh, books, and now we're getting the series the The Mandalorian series, which is definitely pushing us in the ra- in the right direction, uh, the books not so much. The comic books are definitely pushing us in the right direction. The movies, pff, no, <laughs> not really. It was very slow. Okay, well, that is a progressive attempt, I'll say. They tried to do the the Dark Empire comics. Where Palpatine comes back, but it it was just all over all over the place and messy. It was a progressive attempt, but it ended up being messy. Um, because in the Dark Empire comic, comics, Palpatine does come back as a clone, and he tries. To, he he actually does turn Luke over to the dark side to be his apprentice for a little while, uh, and that was. Super super cool series. I would highly recommend you guys go out and read it Uh, Tell me what you think because I that's easily top five in the in my favorite Star Wars Expanded universe uh, story arcs this is a dark Empire series Which it makes you question why didn't they just do that in the first instead of this Exegol planet? Why not just make it this? What and did we really need more planet destroying laser guns? But this, oh, but this time they're attached to Star destroy. Okay, first of all, you're going to get somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson to come in and say, Look, if you try to do that, it would wreck the whole ship <laughs> because the power requirements of that are ungodly enormous. Um, yeah, I he actually did, I think he deleted all of the tweets and everything about the force awakens now, cause he was getting way too much blowback, but he came out against that movie. He was like, look, absorbing the power of a sun inside of a, uh, inside of a container, that container then becomes the sun. Cause it's just shifting all of the particles and energies and gases and explosions that makes up a sun into inside of something that's supposed to contain it. no, it's going to explode and become another version of the sun. It just tried to absorb. You can't do that. Also, if you try and do that, you're going to throw that entire solar system out of whack because you're going to you're going to mess up the solar system's gravity. the The orbits are going to go everywhere. Things are going to collide. Planets are going to start running into each other because they have nothing. To, to counteract their gravitational rotation it, it's it's progressive but messy it's trying to do something bigger and better but it, it's just messy whereas The Legend of Korra it was trying to give us the same feel and the same hero's journey kind of that we had with Aang and that we grew up loving but it it didn't really want to be its own thing I don't think because how, how do they both end Kuvira shows up with a giant ironically enough a Star Destroyer Gundam battle suit that has a giant super laser on it that can destroy a building. <laughs> well, what did Ozai do? He, he came in w- with a giant ship and started burning everything. It's, the, it's structured the same way. So we didn't get as much progression in that, and that's why I classify it as messy and sloppy. So Doctor Who Dangerous, um, Avatar, Legend of Korra, messy, Star Wars, progressive. And I rag a lot on Star Wars, but – and of course it's going to be because it's such an enormous universe of information, of storytelling, right? Right. So you're gonna have some mess-ups, you're gonna have some misdirection. Um, I would argue in The Rise of Skywalker, they kind of fixed some stuff because they had to do a lot of damage control left over from The Last Jedi. So I think it was restrained in what it could do, period. Uh, So we definitely got some progression with that last movie. And then, like I said, with the new season of Clone Wars, which is amazing so far, can't wait till the next episode drops. I watch it immediately at, at two thirty in the morning when it premieres <laughs> every every Friday uh, and the Mandalorian, which I don't think had any criticisms which is surprising for star Wars <laughs> to say the least. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on retconning and science fiction. Um, there's a lot more that you could get into. I'm sure. Uh, there's, there's tons of science fiction, um, series and books and comics and whatnot that are out there that I'm sure have had the retcon ban hammer on them. Um, But in essence, as long as it moves the story along, as long as it moves us forward and propels us to a bigger, better place, I have no problem with retconning continuity. I, in some ways it might even be wholly beneficial. People just have to be willing to say, okay, we're making a change let's see where it goes instead of trying to shut it down immediately, which unfortunately I think is what happens a lot of the time nowadays. And I've been guilty of that for, for sure. Um, like it, it, this is just an example, but it, and it's not a retcon, but whenever they switched animation styles from Clone Wars to Star Wars Rebels, oh my God, I hated it. Uh, it was it went from dark and uh, edgy, and, and y- you could feel the three D modeling to everything just being smooth, and the lightsabers were really skinny, and it it, it looked childish. I mean, oh, it was. I mean, the animation is fine, but when this is exactly what I'm talking about, when you're used to a certain style and a certain texture. That transition is hard, and sometimes people might not be able to do it. Um, I I hated what they did with Star Wars Rebels. Uh, They retconned Admiral Thrawn into being just a throwaway villain. They mention Admiral—well, he's not an admiral in Rebels—Captain Captain Captain Pelion. All they do is mention his name. And he gets like a line about space whales attacking. And if you know anything about the the books, these are two characters that helped shape the entire expanded universe to be what it what it ended up being. So it wasn't technically a retcon, but it was taking what was pre-established as beloved characters and turning them into fodder just garbage for the the protagonists of the season of the series to overcome and then nothing that and people try to explain that away say oh Thrawn's not dead he was just carried away into hyperspace by whales well okay you you want to play You want to play space science here? Oh, those space whales broke open all the windows on the Star Destroyer. So as soon as they materialize back into space, he gets vacuumed out into space and dies. Tell me he's not dead. Tell me he's not dead. I I call such horseshit on that. So, yeah, Star Wars is the progressive one. (laughs) Uh, uh, so yeah that is my take on retconning in science fiction so stick around guys I will have plenty more coming up Uh, I want to get into uh, Frederick Nietzsche Nietzsche I'm still not going to say his name right I I would like to be able to but at the same time I'm I'm sticking with my guns (laughs) I'll just call him Übermensch, because I've been reading up on him for uh, for a little bit here, so I want to talk about him and how how he would, uh, or rather who he would say is the Übermensch out of the various science fiction uh, universes that we enjoy. Well, that's all for now, guys, uh, and I hope everybody has a great rest of their night. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.